Hello and welcome to the MGMA Insider Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. Today we have MGMA Senior Editor Allison Bates talking with Craig Cordoa. Craig is the President and CEO of Ascension Texas. He'll be speaking at the 2019 MGMA Operations Conference, which will be held in Austin, Texas, April 14th through 16th. How are virtual care technologies transforming healthcare? Well, that's a, you know, a great question. And we typically think of healthcare as being pretty traditional with patients going into a facility to receive care. But with the growth of technology really across the country and the world, um, it's actually making a pretty significant impact in healthcare as well. Uh, I think, you know, I think it's important to know that consumers are really demanding easier access and more custom customized solutions for their healthcare. And there's a lot of new entrances that have entered this space, uh, direct to consumer, direct to patient, uh, wearable technologies and others, uh, and finding ways to really connect to the healthcare delivery system of their choice. And the other thing that's, I think, taking place behind the scenes is we historically been paid when we do things to patients, but at the same time, we all know that there's a pretty significant shift towards value-based healthcare. And as we get paid more for outcomes or for managing a population of patients and families, it's going to be really important for health systems to find a way to connect and provide kind of that end-to-end patient care experience that's both convenient and accessible for patients and families. And that could be home, that could be work, could be school. And then also the element of price sensitivity as patients and families look for lower cost options. Great. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the common challenges you typically see uh, organizations have as they try to introduce these technologies? Well, as a CEO of a health system, I can tell you that we're often inundated with really amazing technology platforms and ideas. But at the same time, it's real hard to understand which ones are going to work and really meet the needs of the patient as well as our health system. And so I'd say one challenge for us is just figuring out who's the right partner for us in order to deliver that technology platform to care for patients and families. But then the other thing I'd say is that, you know, a lot of these technology solutions and platforms have pretty much been commoditized. I mean, they're more and more entrants, lower and lower price points. Um, but we really haven't seen virtual care scale to what I think it has its full potential. Um, and so virtual care historically has been pretty siloed or pretty small scale impacting a small number of people. I think the challenge that we have is how do you take an idea that is meaningful and determine how to scale that to a broader population that works well for them, but then also works well for the health system. And then I think there's often a mistake that technology or an application or purchasing a thing is going to solve a really complex problem. And the reality is that it's the overall infrastructure and platform, and probably more importantly, there's still the people element that really empower the logistics of telehealth, as an example, making sense of the different components that are coming in, the patient needs. Um, and then ultimately still providing direct clinical care to that patient or family, but just in a different way with a telemedicine platform. And so I think it's important not to forget the significant uh, contribution that people make. And, and in many cases, it's a combination of people, process, and technology. But oftentimes we get focused on the technology as a solution without really solving the process or the people part as well. 
Right, that makes sense. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the different telehealth models you see being utilized by healthcare organizations? Is there one in particular that seems to be more effective or is it kind of a smattering at this point? Yeah, I, from, from my vantage point, I think it's a smattering. I think there's a lot of institutions doing some really important work. And, you know, you have large organizations like Kaiser Permanente who have successfully deployed virtual care and telemedicine in many areas, but they also have a healthcare delivery system that is um, already managing a population of patients, as an example, and are far down that path. Um, there's a lot of independent organizations that provide telemedicine platforms for physician services or direct texting or on-demand virtual care via your iPhone. And so my view is there's a lot that are doing that work. Um, but I'll go back to a prior comment. It's how do you do that on scale, for one? Mm -hmm. How do you do that not in a silo, but in an integrated fashion? so that patient can have a common platform and really that end-to-end -end patient care experience. Gotcha. And lastly, um, what is one thing caregivers might be surprised to learn about telehealth? Well, uh, the caregivers or the patients? The caregivers? Either, actually, yeah. yeah. Just kind of looking for something is, you know, that you've seen where people think maybe there's a misconception about it or something along those lines. Sure. I feel like there's a little bit of a misconception around um, perhaps the quality of care that you can get delivered via a telemedicine or virtual care platform, as well as uh, whether or not it is going to be as personable as it is when you walk in and actually shake hands with your physician and have a conversation with them about your health care. And I would say in our organization, what we found is that patients and families have appreciated the ease of access, uh, whether that be a consult via their iPhone with a dermatologist at seven o'clock at night while they're sitting on their couch at home, or whether or not it's more of an urgent care visit and we've connected them with one of our physicians or nurse practitioners. The feedback that we've gotten thus far has been tremendous and it's largely been around ease of access, the fact that their clinical issue got resolved, and oftentimes it's their same physician that they would see on a regular basis. It just happens to be over a remote platform that's really geared more towards convenience. And so I think uh, the different segments of our population are all using technology slightly differently, but it will become much more prevalent to where this will be how we access real time uh, healthcare. And, and for many organizations like ours, we are investing pretty heavily to find ways to make sure that we have the appropriate both platform access points, people and technology in place to make that a reality. Excellent. Yeah, I've, I've used telehealth services myself and I, I love having that option, especially for some things, you know, like a sinus infection. Uh, I can just call up, have a little chat with a doctor. He's got my prescription ready to go. It's so convenient. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. And uh, I was driving back last night from a late meeting and uh, sharing a car with somebody on the way back, and, and they were conveying to me kind of the example I just gave, um, their younger teenage daughter uh, waiting on, on her iPhone in her pajamas at home uh, one evening and frustrated that she had been waiting for five minutes before the virtual care physician uh, who was a dermatologist showed up. And I thought, wow, what a completely different expectation of healthcare as compared to uh, what we typically think of and kind of these two clashes of culture that we're playing out at that house, uh, you know, a few nights right. ago for a dermatology consult. 
that's a little frightening in some respects. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as uh, it, things get more convenient, expectations certainly go higher, don't they? They do, and I think it's important to realize, um, I think in general, healthcare has been pretty slow to meet what I'd say consumer demands, and I, I mean that in, in the most positive sense, but in essence, I think technology throughout organizations has raised expectations for how things happen in every segment of our life. And so if you can, with one click, buy a package on an IT platform that's going to show up at your house within two days um, and all of your payment stuff is taken care of in that same transaction, that becomes somewhat of an expectation for how you would access other aspects of your life. And I think that's bleeding over now into healthcare where Definitely. the technology has gotten so much easier um, for so many, you know, made our lives so much easier that now it's how does that apply into healthcare? And so, you know, our competition in healthcare is not really the other healthcare companies per se. It's all of the other organizations and industries that are disrupting how work gets, gets done every day uh, that is demanding more of us based on the consumer expectation. Right. That's an interesting way to look at it. And um, just one more question. I was wondering, do you see as uh, virtual care technologies are able to scale, um, you know, somewhere in the near future, do you see this type of care having a significant impact, of course, on access, but um, on population health in general, like managing chronic diseases or anything in terms of that? I mean, obviously, there's going to be some things that you probably still need to go see a person, you know, an in-person doctor. But um, I imagine things like heart heart disease or things that are pretty well con able to be controlled um, but sometimes people don't seem to make the effort. Sure. Well, and I, I would just give you a, a very specific, uh, so the short answer is absolutely. And then the specific answer is we are in like many organizations, but we are also, we're doing that now through, um, our division called Ascension Connect, which has all of this technology co-located in one, one location within our organization. And so I have home health nurses doing telemedicine outreach to heart failure and diabetic patients so that we can actively manage their condition on a day-to-day -day basis uh, so that we can both keep them healthy, reduce cost of care overall, and reduce readmissions or um, unnecessary emergency room visits. And again, even that as an example, the feedback has been tremendous. Patients have a personalized nurse that checks in on them every day. They have the technology platform that we deploy into their home. It connects back with the electronic medical record and the notes that the nurses is taking and the communication back to their doctor. And so we've created an environment to where we can help ensure that those patients are doing everything they can um, to improve their health. And we're seeing very positive outcomes in, in, in measures like reduced readmissions uh, for congestive heart failure patients that were in our hospital. And so we're seeing real life evidence of it uh, play out now. Again, I, I would say the question is, how do you scale that? And then in many cases, the payment mechanisms via the insurance companies have not quite caught up to the fact that we can care for patients in this manner. Um, and so there's an element of having the payer model catch up to the current ability of us to uh, completely and appropriately care for patients, but just in a very different way. Excellent. Yeah, it's very exciting to see where all this will lead. If yeah, not, I'd like to make one more comment. We spent sure. you know, quite a bit of time talking about virtual care via telemedicine platform, as an example, just, uh, you know, by way of this discussion. But, you know, the other work that we're doing in our organization that I think will also play out even more over time 
we have co-located, as an example, uh, all of our telemetry monitoring. So if you're a patient in one of our 12 hospitals that is in a telebed being monitored, uh, we now have co-located all of those staff into one location and have been able to do essentially remote uh, telemetry monitoring and have put a process in place to keep our patients safe. But it's been a way for us to co-locate expertise in one area, but also reduce our overall cost, uh, which you know we're trying to drive costs out of the entire uh, healthcare experience and health system as well. And so that's another way to where we've kind of managed uh, a different approach with technology as a part of the solution that is now reaching into the hospital in a very different way, uh, in addition to our virtual care and outpatient visits, um, and then several other things like co-locating bed board and 24-hour uh, uh, nurse line and 24-hour uh, answering service as well with people live sitting next to each other in a co-located space that's designed for this. And so we are looking at telemedicine and virtual healthcare broadly, not only on the outpatient space, but how can we disrupt our own organization to provide outstanding clinical care, but yet do that at a, a reduced price point. So, you know, we typically think of telemedicine, but there is a lot more out there um, on how healthcare can be disrupted by technology. And we haven't even talked about all the different wearable devices that are part of this as well. So a lot of pretty exciting times for us as we move forward. Excellent. Yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing your presentation and learning more about those different technologies. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Allison Bates and Craig Cordola. If you'd like to hear Craig in person, he'll be speaking at the Operations Conference April 14th through 16th in Austin, Texas. For more information, you can visit mgma.com slash T-O-C-REG. That's T-O-C-REG. Thanks again for being an MGMA Insider. I'm Daniel Williams.